Breadbox Media Programming is brought to you by Jack Kane Ford. Find your next Ford Tough vehicle at KaneFord.com. Woodhill Community Center. Have a hand in the heart of the city. Support their mission with your donations at WoodhillCommunityCenter.org. Toyota on Nicholasville Superstore. Online consultants are standing by right now to help you find your next Toyota. Visit ToyotaOnNicholasville.com. Lexus of Lexington, home of the best-selling Lexus IS. Find yours today at LexusOfLexington.com. It's time for the Catholic Hipster Podcast with my dad, Tommy. And our friend, Sarah. I hope you like it. Well, what up, everybody, and welcome to episode 30 of the Catholic Hipster Podcast. My name is Tommy over here in the San Francisco Bay Area and across the country through the magic of the internet, Sarah Fabulous in Atlanta, Georgia. Yes, the magic of the interwebs, interwebernets. What's the weather like in Atlanta, Georgia on Memorial Day weekend this year? Um, So I think it's going to be in the 80s, but we're expecting some thunderstorms because it's summer in Atlanta, so thunderstorms. And tornadoes. That's like, oh, oh my god! Yeah, we get tornadoes. Yeah, it's okay. We're all used to it. It's not a big deal. The every time I ask anyone who doesn't live here about what weather is like where they live, my brain can't even like comprehend what they're talking about. Like, how can it be in the eighties and have thunderstorms? And what is a tornado? I don't. Oh, what are you? What's that. the weather like for you guys? It's like <laughs> high seventies, slight breeze, sunny, beautiful. <laughs> can we trade? Yeah, but then you might want to trade back as we well. You guys have a crappy summer, right? Yeah, we ha- we totally do. So yeah. you guys don't benefit from the San Francisco summer, you know, where Mark Twain allegedly once said the coldest winter I ever had was a summer in San Francisco. We can benefit from it if we hop on the BART and take the ride over there. <laughs> but there's <laughs> there's a good you know forty miles of distance between the uh, beach and us, and there's pretty gigantic mountains along the way you can actually go not too far to the west of us like two cities over and it's much cooler like i'm talking like 11 degrees cooler on a given day because it's just like on the other side of these mountains that block all the breeze so california microclimates i think just fascinate me more than almost anything else in the world you can zero in on like just the bay area so we're getting into like weird weather geek world which is something i'm really interested in and nobody else is that's listening but i love weather please just as an example we live in a town called livermore redacted Mm -hmm. city for if steve is listening (laughs) um and you know like when we were going through the drought we would have a year where we got like 1.6 inches of rain for the entire year yeah. And like three cities over is a town called Castro Valley. And during the same year, and when I say three cities, because California is very different, three cities is like 15 miles, not even 15 miles. Right. Okay. Um, they would get like 12 inches of rain for the same period of time, even though they were so close to us. It's like the climates around here are insane, especially in the Bay Area, from the North Bay to like San Jose to out here to the city is so, you know, there can be 40 degrees of difference between San Francisco and here. It's incredible. Well, I'll be out there in like two weeks. So, dude, and we will not go to Chipotle this time for the sake of our listeners. Awesome. Well, uh, more details to come, you guys. But I think, <laughs> but I think, I think Tommy and I are going to have a great reunion, and maybe we'll record something live in person. Ooh, we should. That'd yeah. be good. That's a good idea. So, uh, yeah, I just, I just got confirmation yesterday. So I started a new job, and I'm once again working for a company that's headquartered in San Francisco. So I feel like yeah. everything else is right with the world. And actually, their office is right off Union Square, so it's like even cooler. That is, that is super cool. It was fun visiting you in the city last time. It'll be just as fun this time. That's right. Or so... do I drag you out here to the rodeo town? <clears throat> well, I was kind of thinking I want to meet the kids. You should. You could babysit for a date night. That's a great idea, Sarah. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Tommy wants this, me this to babysit. This is our friend who flew 2,800 miles to give us a date night. <laughs> That's how it is as a parent, man. That's how it is. Well, you know, we have a special guest on the podcast today who is also a parent. So I'm going to be the only non-parent on the podcast. I promise we'll steer clear of parenting talk because I know how annoying that can be. Well, I just pretend like my goddaughter is mine. So... As long as it's not you pretending that like a pet is yours, then it's all good. No, no. Pets are not people. But that's a podcast for another episode. (laughs) 
That's true. <laughs> that's we could I have. I could um, rant forever on this. <laughs> it's yeah. That's a weird one. That's a super weird one. <laughs> yes. So the first segment of witty banter is coming to a close, and when we come back, we're gonna have Claire Swinarski on the podcast. If I pronounce her last name wrong, I can tell her that everyone pronounces my last name wrong, so we can have a bonding moment. And if I did it right, then I can feel prideful and then go to confession in about two hours about my pride. <laughs> but uh, we will be back to talk about her podcast the catholic feminist podcast a bunch of stuff she writes having a little one-year-old and uh answering the age-old question that everyone hates to hear was jesus a feminist everybody just logged off but come back <laughs> no they're not okay we'll be right back <laughs> i think it's time for a break now Welcome back, everybody, all six of you, to the second segment of the Catholic Hipster Podcast, where we welcome to the show Claire Swinarski, host of the Catholic Feminist Podcast. If you think you're cool because your writing has appeared in a, a Catholic, you know, periodical or whatever you call those kind of websites, Claire's writing has appeared. Brace yourself. Sit down. I had to sit. I almost fell out of my chair when I was reading this. <laughs> the Washington Post. Vox, Cosmo, 17, Good Housekeeping, Women's Day, Milwaukee Magazine, which is my favorite on the list, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) Apartment Therapy, The Week, and Bridal Guide, Broom and Groom, Broom, Bride and Groom, Broom and Groom, and Verily and Relevant, which are are also obviously Catholic, uh, Catholic resources for women, right? So Claire, what the heck? Welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining us. Hi, thank you so much for having me on and giving me a little ego boost there. Well, that is quite the byline. I mean, what are you doing on our podcast? No one listens to this. <laughs> I listen to it. That's oh. why I'm on it. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. No, I saw we're... you were just on the Jennifer Fullweiler show. Uh, both Tommy and I go on uh, that show, too. We love Jennifer. Yeah, I saw, Tommy, that you were arguing about Christian music with her, which is awesome, because I'm That's probably pretty... on your side with most of that. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad. Sarah, you like a little Christian music, right? I love Christian bit. music. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. There you go. It was a... It was a um... I yeah. try to like it. <laughs> I try to, too. Hey, yeah, but you know what? I'm one of those stuff. people that is like a little laissez-faire about that kind of stuff. Like, if you don't like it, you don't like it. It's sort of how I've evolved with stopping judging people about their beer uh, or whatever it is that they want to drink. If you like it, that's what matters. It's like music. Respect. That's a good yeah. opinion. I like that a lot. Did you like my laissez-faire? I pulled that out of nowhere. I was like, <laughs> how do I even know that word? Yeah, there you go. So, Claire... It's early on a Saturday morning. Well, you live in Wisconsin, so it's a little bit later, right? Yes. But for me, it's very early. And here I sit thinking about how we're going to talk about feminism and Catholicism, which, uh, unless people scratch the surface a little bit, can seem um, weird and wouldn't make sense. Right. So maybe you can like set us up and frame us for what you're talking about, because what the heck does feminism even mean at this point? And what does it mean to you? Like if you're the one doing the Catholic feminist podcast, because I'm sure I I don't know, but I'm sure you've gotten somebody who's responded to your podcast saying, what the heck are you even talking about? Catholicism and feminism can't go together. This is ridiculous premise, but yeah, maybe frame it up for us. (laughs) For sure. I definitely had to have some coffee this morning. It is a big topic, Um, but I started the podcast basically because I was really realizing how much of feminism and Catholicism actually go together. And I should probably start by saying like, feminism is just a word. Um, It can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And it doesn't, like, I think when people hear feminist, they have a picture in their head, but that's not necessarily what feminism means for everybody. So you Um, don't look like that crunchy granola girl meme that everybody (laughs) shares around the internet? Because this isn't a video cast. I don't know. I do love some granola, but I (laughs) (laughs) do not. In your Greek yogurt? (laughs) Yeah, not quite. Not quite. Um, I just think that as a feminist, you believe that women are of equal dignity to men. Hmm. That's it. Um, And you can take that down a lot of different roads and people interpret that in a lot of different ways. But I just think that the secular feminist movement has really like hijacked the word and claimed it and kind of like tried to kick 
Christian feminists out. And I'm just not into that. And so I just wanted to create a different sort of narrative because the more you learn about what the Catholic Church thinks about women, the more you see that they actually have the most pro-woman view like ever. Like actually their view is more pro-woman than a secular feminist view. And so that's kind of why I felt motivated to start the podcast. I think your point makes a lot of sense because just recently in the news, we've seen stuff like that, right? Like with the women's march that was going on and there was like, what did they call themselves? Like the new feminists or something like that? The new wave feminists, yeah. Right? And they were like pro-life feminists, I guess, and got their Mm -hmm. butts kicked out of the march. So um, yeah, yeah, it's like- went anyway. (laughs) It's a weird thing because you think, I mean, when I think of feminism, I think of sort of like a open- like it's it can mean so many things to so many people so it's interesting that the current movement would kick people out as like not being you're not towing the line of what feminism is supposed to mean I guess I don't know yeah you'd think it would be a time to kind of like band together on what we agree on but instead it's just become like an even angrier time of people not wanting to talk to anybody about things they don't agree on (laughs) oh my gosh the amount of anger out on the interwebs I've been doing a lot of soul searching on this lately So it's really nice. I guess nice isn't the right word, but I don't know. I don't feel so alone in my, I'm so tired of all the anger feelings lately. Yeah. And like how every single time you say something, someone's going to be mad about it. Like almost every single episode, I get someone emailing me about not liking something we said, but I don't know. I just kind (laughs) of, like I said, like you can take the word feminism and it can go in a million different directions. I don't think we have to 110% agree on every little thing to call ourselves Catholic feminists. I mean, even within church teaching, there's some wiggle room for different opinions on things. So So why don't you give us like a I'm curious to think about like, what does a typical topic look like on the Catholic Feminist Podcast? And if you were thinking about maybe like the top few things that we as Catholics can accomplish, like in this, in the way that you're framing feminism, like where we need to take things. I'm curious about both of those things. What do you think? Sure. So I, we talk about pretty much anything pertaining to women, but a couple of my favorite episodes have been that I got to talk to, um, Leah Jacobson, who is the founder of the Guiding Star Project. So they're like uh, women's healthcare centers all over the country. And we talked about natural family planning and why it's so good for women. And she kind of went through um, like how contraceptives can be harmful. And like there was just a huge thing in the news about yet another new study that talks about how contraceptives are harming women's mental health. And so having Leah on to talk about that was really cool. And um, about like how fertility is like part of being a woman and it should be something that's celebrated. Um, And then another one that we just talked about that was ended up being really popular was I had a missionary that is actually a campus missionary here in Milwaukee on to talk about um, like just gender stereotypes and how sometimes these secular, like the secular world wants to kind of say that there's no difference between men and women, but then sometimes we can go so far the other way and be like, no, they're so different. And this is what a woman is. And this is what a man is. Um, And so we were kind of talking about how to find the truth in all of that argument. Like, where's the actual truth? What does being a woman mean? Like, I don't think it means these stereotypical things like wearing a dress and homeschooling your seven children. I think if you want to do that, that's great. But I don't think that's the only way to be a woman. But at the same time, I definitely think there's things that make us uniquely man and uniquely woman. I don't think we're the same. So it's like in all this argument, we're just trying to find the truth about what a woman is. So Claire, before you get into like the top things that you think we should be working towards, you sound like a woman who has read Theology of the Body. Am I missing the mark here a little bit? (laughs) I love me some Theology of the Body. We actually have someone from Theology of the Body coming on the podcast in a few weeks and I like can't wait. I'm going to freak out. But I also really love um, JP2's letter on the dignity of women is like one of my favorite resources for women in the church. He talks a lot about a lot of this too, about like, um, how men and women are different, but equal. And he just talks about like the distinct feminine traits and the distinct masculine traits and how we each have like these inner resources that we can pull from. And instead of trying to find these masculine resources, I should embrace my feminine ones in a way that makes sense for my personality and my vocation. So also go read that. And it's not long. I mean, I think no. a lot of people think don't, they don't want to read papal documents because they're so long, but it's it's not very long and it's super packed full of stuff. Mm-hmm. Well worth a read for sure. Um, so Claire, what do you think? What are some things that we as Catholics can, you know, help move our culture towards or what should we be like talking about or keeping awareness about in terms of 
being Catholic feminists? Well, something that I think is important that I don't think that Catholic feminists do enough is finding the common ground with secular feminists because I actually think if you sit down and ask people certain things they would agree on a lot like I might go up to a Catholic woman and be like are you a feminist and she'd be like I hate that word no like blah 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 because she has an (laughs) idea of what it means um but if you don't use the word because it's just a word like who cares about the word and say like well do you think that if a woman and a man are doing the exact same job they should get equal pay she'll probably be like yeah well, do you think that we should try to eliminate sexual assault? She'd probably be like, yeah. (laughs) Like, so there's a lot of things that we actually agree on. And I think finding that common ground is so important because you're never going to be able to have a conversation about um, more controversial topics like um, abortion or same-sex attraction or anything like that if you don't have an understanding of the other person's intentions. If you're seeing someone else as basically an evil, crazy person, how are you ever going to have a real conversation with them? It's just not going to happen. So I think also just being vocal about these things that we do agree on instead of just painting the other person as like a pro-choice crazy, like that's just not helpful. I think that's a fantastic point. We've definitely lost like that culture of engagement where we kind of like start by understanding the person. And then move from there. Because I think it's, you know, even with some of the most, the things that we kind of find the most, you know, evil or rotten or vile or immoral, people are generally coming at them from like good intentions that get twisted somewhere along the way. I mean, it's pretty pretty easy to see people who hold opposing views to the Catholic Church that they're not doing it because they love to be evil, right? Right. Or they, they want bad in the world. It's like they just have a misunderstanding of trying to be, trying to apply like something good, I think, in those situations. We had Abby Johnson on the podcast too, and she oh, used cool. to be, oh, she's yeah, great. <laughs> she's so great. And just, she used to be a clinic manager at a Planned Parenthood. Um, if like one person doesn't know her and, um, she <laughs> like just talked a lot about that, about how most of the people who work in abortion facilities aren't like, I'm going to go murder a baby today. Like that's not their attitude about it. They're going to help women. And they honestly think that that's what they're doing. Most people. And so to be able to know that that's their intention just makes it a lot easier to speak with them. And with abortion, she talked about um, the importance of trying to embrace women who are in unplanned pregnancies and show them love. Because a lot of times if they face rejection from their church community, of course, they're going to run to where they feel embraced. And that's the secular world. Um and kind of empowering them and saying, like, you can do this, like, you are capable. Like, I'm thinking of, like, not to get all political, but there is a story in the news right now about a high schooler who mm-hmm. isn't allowed to walk at her graduation because of an unplanned pregnancy. And that, to me, is, like, the exact opposite of what we should be doing, like, basically shaming a girl for a mistake instead of, like, embracing her and helping her find resources and keeping her in the community, like, it's basically just pushing her away. And I think that's what we want to avoid doing. Yeah, I can't. I mean, I read that story. I watched like the principal try and like defend the school. And I um, I just didn't get it. I, I didn't understand how he thought that he was advocating like a Christian approach to things. It was very bizarre to me. It's like a really, it was like a rules over everything sort of a thing, you know? Like all he kept saying in the interview was like, well, she signed like a chastity pledge or, or abstinence pledge or whatever. And so- if you don't live up to the pledge, that's it. You fail. Like a real like weird black and white thing. But yeah, I, I'm sure he would say that he was a pro-life guy being like a committed Christian, I guess. And so what a bizarre thing to do to alienate this poor girl. Really right. sad. Right. So what the heck did you write for Cosmo? I'm so interested. <laughs> <laughs> now I have seen like, I don't know if this is like a, I don't know if this makes it into like their magazines or whatever, but it seems like there has been a couple of things recently that they've posted online that have made the rounds that have kind of been more like they did something on like a, a young nun or something like that recently so yeah there's some weird hackers, but then i see some yeah. terrible stuff that they post too still that blows my mind so how'd you I get think involved they have, i seriously think they have like a christian mole working underground just Cosmo. one though <laughs> yeah because they've had like all this they had a whole profile on like a pro-life clinic it was Mm -hmm. interesting they're doing some interesting stuff over there um I want to give them credit for at least trying to include a lot of different viewpoints and trying to include a lot of different women I wrote for them I wrote an essay about um love being a choice I wrote about how um 
when I was pregnant, I was really, really sick a lot. And my husband and I had just gotten married. We totally had like the Catholic honeymoon baby. And (laughs) he like all of a sudden had to be such a good husband after we like had barely had time to be married. And I was just so sick and like throwing up in his car and like all kinds of terrible things. And I wrote just about, um, love being a choice and how we decided not to say I love you until we were engaged and had like decided to be married. And I just wanted to put kind of a counter narrative into Cosmo because I think a lot of women who read that don't understand what love is basically. And so I was just trying to kind of shed a different light on what love could look like. That is fantastic. I think you're right. Like, you know, we've heard love is a choice so much. I mean, most of us, you go through Mm -hmm. marriage prep, you hear it, you hear it kind of around church all the time. Um, But that is not something you hear out in the culture at all. Like when you say that to like engaged couples, they have the most bizarre look on their face. Right. And I mean, Cosmo's usually giving like sex tips. So writing about my husband, like scrubbing puke out of his car was like very different. (laughs) I hope you have that page framed. Do you have it like up in your house somewhere? (laughs) I have it just sitting in my closet. It, which I'm also oh. in my closet right now. So I should just get on that. That's a conversation starter where you have like the two, a double frame, right? And it has like your article on one side and the other article is like a half clothed woman. That's like, you know, one of their <laughs> disgusting headlines, like right next to it. That would be very cool. Yeah. Not just for your child. Right probably. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's fantastic. It's cool to hear about you kind of, um, yeah. I mean, being able to spread the Catholic message and the message of kind of real authentic love into such a messed up culture. That's that's incredible. Good work. Thanks. I mean, that's what we're trying to do with the podcast too. Just trying to put out like this truth and this Catholic message into a world, but to do it in a way that's accessible and understandable and not, um, not scary or unapproachable. <laughs> that's cool. Well, just the title, the Catholic Feminist Podcast, I think draws probably a wide range of listeners that maybe wouldn't listen to you know, um, I don't know, some dorky Catholic podcast like this. So I think that's a good start. <laughs> probably. Catholic hipster podcast. <laughs> you don't think we get very many atheist hipsters that are like, oh, let's check this out. No, uh, I can not. only hope. <laughs> All right. I get clearly. a lot of emails from people being like, I thought I was going to hate the podcast, but I actually like it. It's like, that oh, that's is a high kind compliment. of a compliment. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I like that. That's very good. So Claire, we're going to take a quick break and then we'll come right back to a third and final segment where we can talk a little bit more and uh, put you on the Catholic hipster hot seat because that's something we do here. So we're going to make you answer questions fast paced. I hope you're up for it. Oh gosh, sounds Pour great. another mug. Pour another mug. <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are just super excited to continue talking with Claire. Um, I hope that you are on the edge of your seat for that very first segment. Um, this segment, we're going to talk about things that matter, like Wisconsin cheese um, and how they have milk cows and not beef cattle, like the joke <laughs> that I made during the break. So I'm just going to hang my head in shame over here and let Tommy and Claire just talk because I don't know anything. <laughs> No, we're learning new things every day. I didn't even know they had cattle in Wisconsin. So there you go. You, oh, you were a step so ahead of me. Honestly, yeah. like you guys should have a throwdown because California milk and Wisconsin Stop. milk are, to- uh, are totally like just You're going to rip this podcast. It's going to be like. It's not know. even a throwdown. It's just me stepping on you with victorious <laughs> truth. <laughs> Boy, the, the empowered state. feminist on the podcast. Is really <laughs> yeah. <crazy. laughs> Who has the happier cows? That's the question. <laughs> That's true. I only drink California milk, so I had a Sorry. taste off or anything like that. Well, but... it's probably cheaper for you, Tommy, all things considered. So <laughs> it's still expensive. Like milk Buy is local. expensive, man. Yeah, it is super expensive i remember when we had our first kid we were like we're buying like organic milk all the time man because we can afford seven dollar gallons and now it's like you have three and you're like okay where's like the grocery store brands (laughs) give me that costco exactly so claire we teased at the beginning of the podcast that we were going to ask the question um was jesus a feminist now people Uh, are automatically going to react to that because one thing that people really hate that I've learned is that they hate when we put modern day labels on Jesus, which I think has its merits as an argument because Mm -hmm. that makes sense, right? There wasn't really feminism back then. There wasn't conservatism or liberalism or, you know, radicalism or anything like that. But there's at least, I find some value to it because I think that, uh, like you had mentioned, like there needs to be a conversation starting point. So our culture today speaks in certain terms 
And I think it's helpful to play those terms out to their logical conclusion when talking about our faith, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but people really don't like that. So, yeah. in, you know, one time I called Jesus like a radical and people really hated that. I got a lot of negative feedback. But um, that That's being weird, said, because I feel let- like how could you even <laughs> question that? <laughs> well, I think it's like people have an idea of what even being like a radical means yeah. in culture, right? It's like, Um, usually it's associated with people who are pro-choice and who are all these other things like a progressive agenda, maybe, Mm -hmm. um, maybe the negative things about a progressive agenda. So anyways, let's, let's break it down. Let's get people to get angry at this podcast. Was Jesus, our Lord and savior, a feminist? I'm going to go. Yes. (laughs) However, I totally get what you're saying about why people don't like putting modern labels on Jesus and I, I guess I don't really like doing that either. I definitely don't like calling him liberal or conservative. That's for sure. I saw but, someone on Twitter call him a snowflake this morning. So you no, know, you didn't. Yes, oh, you did. did. <laughs> this is why I don't do Catholic Twitter. It was <laughs> not. It was like not this. Catholic Twitter. It was entered in by a, a friend of mine who retweeted something. But the tweet was. <laughs> Jesus is a snowflake or was a snowflake or whatever. And I just, (laughs) I need to just say that Jesus was so, I can't, I don't, I don't want to swear on your podcast, but Jesus was not a snowflake. Yeah. You know, he died on the cross when (laughs) he got beaten for how long? Yeah. Whatever. If if by snowflake, you mean uniquely beautiful and unrepeated. Boom. Good job, Tommy. (laughs) Don't at me world. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I think going I guess what I think is that Jesus is truth, right? Jesus is the son of God and is all things true. And so if you believe that feminism means that women are of equal dignity to men, that is a true statement. And so Jesus would be a feminist. And I mean, if you look at his actions, I think that they speak for themselves as they so often do, right? In Jesus's time, like women were pretty low on the totem pole, um, much, much lower than they are now. And the way that Jesus responded to women and interacted with them was so radically different. Like one of my favorite stories is when he was with Martha and Mary and, you know, Martha's like cleaning the house and he's talking to Mary. And we always focus on like the Martha part of that story. But the fact that he even had Mary sitting at his feet learning from him would be a big deal. Women weren't like out there learning from people. And he just allowed them to do so. And he hung out with women all the time and spoke to them all the time. And he fought for women like um, the woman caught in adultery. You know, when he saved her, how can you say that that's not a radical feminist thing to do? Um, to save a woman from her sin and shame and save her from being stoned and redeem her and say that she's still worth something. I mean, that was so crazy for people back then. And just the way that over and over again, I think is just a example for us. It's like that high school principal, I want him to go do some Lexio and then that <laughs> woman caught in adultery or something. How you can read and then treat women sometimes the way they're treated in today's society. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go, yes. Um, yeah. I mean, look, I think if you look across all the narratives of his life, right, it's like the woman at the well is like a very um, mm-hmm. bizarre episode for the time, right? Like to right. be there in the middle of the day and she's there and she's got all these, she's had all these husbands and, mm-hmm. and just the way that he treats her is so, like you said, kind of upholding dignity, despite the fact that she's not making the right choices in her life and right. kind of empowering her. And I think, all that stuff is great. And then for me, the most like uh, feminist move to me is like he appeared to Mary Magdalene. Like she's the first one right. that he appeared to. Right. And I think it's powerful because at the time, um, like a woman's testimony wasn't even admissible in court or like in a in a court like proceeding or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she's the one who gets the news to like take to the rest of the guys about like what had happened. Um, it's kind yeah. of mind blowing. It's not by accident. Like there's purpose and meaning to everything that Jesus did. So, right. And if you look throughout the whole Bible, I mean, God is constantly using women in these really cool ways. Um, like the way he used Deborah and Esther, and he really just instills in these women, these like fighting spirits. Um, and I think it just goes to show like how, um, you know, kind of fighting against those gender stereotypes that women are so capable and even just using their unique femininity and not trying to look exactly like men, but doing things in their own way and kind of getting the job done. I mean, you see that so much throughout the Bible. And then there's so many powerful women saints, too. So I just think our whole faith is really, really values women. I mean, when people say that the Catholic Church or Jesus um, 
like as anti-woman it's just like I just don't get it (laughs) so I think I definitely want to ask you about your favorite saints because I think that um as you're talking, I'm just thinking about the story of St. Joan of Arc, obviously, and thinking right, about yeah. her and some of these other amazing saints who would be kind of um, along that line. But before that, I just want to ask you, and I, I think like most people who listen to our podcast are probably Catholic, and so most of them have probably worked this out logically in their mind. But what happens when somebody comes to you and says, you call yourself a feminist, but you believe in an all-male priesthood? How can you do that? Yeah, that is such a hard one. And that was actually, I kind of had like a reversion in college. And that was a really hard one for me to wrestle with. And I think what I've come to realize through that is just that there's things in this world for men to do. And there's things in these world for women to do. And one isn't less and one isn't more. They just are different. And I think that um, something that really stuck out to me in one of our podcast episodes is I was talking with a woman named Jane who manages men and we were talking about the word serve and how um, when Eve was created in the garden she was you know she was like Adam's helper and how we hate that word because so often in our secular society we want to be like the top dog (laughs) like we want to be in charge and we don't want to help others we don't want to serve others we don't want to do that role but that's actually such a beautiful role and like Jesus says in the Bible that he came to serve so if we don't want to do that and we're just obsessed with being the leader all the time then we're not really living like Jesus Mm. and so I think like looking at someone else some other role and being like why can't I do that I want to do that it's just maybe putting your heart in the wrong place and thinking about what as a woman can I do women can be involved in parishes in so many different ways and involved in the church in so many different ways and so yeah women can't be priests but that's that's one thing they can't do And I just think that I trust the church and their ruling of that, even if I maybe can't write an essay about why I think that or like defend it in a court of law. I am a firm Catholic and I trust that the church has good reasons for that and that men have roles and women have roles. And I just don't think it's necessarily like the best use of my time to like sit and be grumpy that I can't be a priest when I don't even feel like even slightly called to anywhere near that at all. Yeah, I think good point. Good point. But I mean, at the same time, there's there's room for the church to grow, at -hmm. least in putting, you know, women in places of authority, I think, within the church or at least, you know, yeah, Um, but you're totally right. You're right. All right. Give us your saints. Who are we talking about here? If we're talking about some, you know, home run feminist saints. Yeah. Well, you already mentioned Joan of Arc. She's like the first one everyone goes to because obviously she was like amazing and (laughs) led people in battle. Um, Another one that I think really represents what it means to be a feminist is um, St. Gianna Mola, who's one of my absolute favorites. Um, She was a pediatrician and this isn't like totally verified, but I read before that her husband asked her to not work and she was like, no, I like being a pediatrician. I'm going to keep working. (laughs) I feel like called to do this. I'm going to do it. And then the way that she so sacrificially gave her life for her children I think that's like such a beautiful demonstration of all that a woman can be like not only was she this amazing service leader as a doctor but then she was also this amazing mother and I just really think that strikes at the heart of womanhood and what that means um and another saint that I just think really represents feminism is uh like my all-time favorite is saint Teresa of calcutta that's my girl um just like what a great leader she was like when you read about her starting um the missionaries of charity and all of the kind of like bureaucratic struggles that she had to go through and obviously spiritual struggles but the fact that she was still able to be such an amazing leader to people i think is so great and she also i think again represents that side of femininity where she saw people as like really uniquely dignified and she was so relational. Mm. Um, I think that that's like a really unique aspect of being a woman that we ignored wanted to talk about that women so relational and caring because it makes us think like, oh, you just think women should stay at home with their seven homeschooled children. But like actually Mother Teresa shows how you can use those skills and go out there and make such an amazing difference in people's lives. So I mean, I could go on. But it sounds weak, right? Like being relational and caring sounds weak, yeah. I think, in our culture. But look at her. Everybody in the whole world knows about her. Right. She would roll up to like a speech in our country here in the US and be like, you guys are hella poor because of all this abortion and all this terrible stuff you guys do. And she just like 
dominated the world in her own right. relational and caring way. So, um, right. And when she got yeah. up at that prayer breakfast and like spoke about abortion in Washington, D.C., I mean, that's one of my favorite speeches of all time. She's just so powerful. She had so much power through service, which I think is so cool. Most definitely. The Catholic hipster hot seat is warming up, Sarah. You think we should throw Claire on it? Oh, yeah, sure. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm scared. Oh, I like how convicted by the spirit Sarah is. <laughs> yeah, it's Saturday. It's a three-day weekend, man. Yeah. yeah I'm just straight up chilling. Goodbye. Happy Memorial Day. I feel like before we go to the hot seat, um, we should just take a minute to a minute to commemorate really what this weekend means. It's not just, hey, a three-day weekend and I can do whatever I want, but you know, there's so many people across the world, particularly here in the US, that have sacrificed um so that we can have a three-day weekend. So I think it's important for all of us amidst our barbecues and celebrations just to take a minute and be grateful for the gift of sacrifice, um, especially when it comes to our armed services. Yeah. Amen to that. At the same time, hopefully we can all find a moment this weekend to say a prayer that our country can solve things without having to do further (laughs) conflict and war. It doesn't, sometimes it doesn't look like that, but hopefully the news is just uh, overdramatic and just news and we can be diplomatic about things. Yes. Let us hope for peace. Just like Pope Francis said this week, he, he prays for peace. Yeah. And he also said, what do you feed this guy? Which was my favorite part of the Donald <laughs> Trump trip over there. That was the best thing. The memes <laughs> out of that trip were like gold. It's so sharp and so funny. I just love it. Yeah, except it was great because she didn't actually say pizza. She said some uh, other food. Right. The whole yeah, world yeah, thought yeah. she said pizza, but that's not what she actually meant. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay, uh, let's get back on track here with Claire. Let's grill her with some questions. You ready? I'm ready. Are you ready I mean, to be on the ready. Memorial Day grill? We're not. <laughs> I'm ready. Throw me on Just keep in mind before we start, we don't prepare any questions beforehand. So if it's slow and awkward, that's kind of our brand, I think. Got it. Bit. I love yeah. it. <laughs> so, uh, Claire, I will I will kick it off and uh, just going to go with our, our typical question because it is Memorial Day weekend. But margarita, salt or no salt? No salt. What? No salt. I know. I'm yes. such a, but I hate salt on margaritas. Margaritas are my favorite drink, and I hate salt on the rim. Yes, <laughs> I am vindicated. Claire. Take that. Everyone who likes salt, leave a review on iTunes, and just put <laughs> under the review for her pies. Just put salt, please, or something like that, and just post it. Let's see if we can like kind of shut this thing down. Claire, what's your favorite type of cheese? Oh, that's so hard. Um, I think Gouda, which I feel embarrassed saying because in the movie, she's the man. She goes, Gouda is my favorite. And everyone says that all the time. <laughs> but I think Gouda really is my favorite. Is so she the man of Freddie Prince Jr. movie? Are you referencing a Freddie Prince Jr. movie right now? No, it's Amanda Bynes. Oh, uh, there's got yeah. it. Is it the same storyline as like a... There has to be. Oh, is that the one where she plays soccer? Yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm like on it. I'm back Bingham. on it. Yeah. <laughs> Growing up as like a kid in the '90s, it's like I assume everything that's called "She's the Man" or something along those lines. You're like thinking Prince of Jr. "She's movie. All That." She's all that. Bingo. Thank you. <laughs> I don't even. It's know one of those like, like, oh, she's wearing glasses and she's ugly, and then she takes the glasses off and she's beautiful. One of those yeah. kind of movies. Oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha. It's a real feminist empowerment movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite. Oh. All right. So. Um, are you uh, well this is a good one um hockey or baseball Ooh. oh i love sports but neither of those are up there for me to be honest <laughs> i'm i guess i'd go baseball but the brewers are not doing that great no so it's okay i'm more of a football and basketball girl that's but okay. the brewers have that slide though where the mascot slides down after every home run which is yeah, really exciting <laughs> It, I just asked because I have an ongoing feud with Sister Helena Burns about hockey and baseball. So I just, it's oh, gotcha, on my mind. Gotcha. Yeah, it's about a five-year feud, actually. I don't even think we have a hockey team. I couldn't name two hockey Dude, teams. Dude, the Badgers, right? Like, isn't it all about college hockey in Wisconsin? No, and also I do know that they're really bad. <laughs> oh. Or they were really bad. <laughs> See, that's the only thing I know about them. <laughs> I like Claire because she's not afraid to tell the hosts of the podcast they're totally wrong. <laughs> that's, that's, a good, that's a good starting point. Claire, are you a vegetarian or not? Not even a little bit. Are you gonna? What are you gonna be eating if there's a barbecue for Memorial Day? What do you tell your husband to throw on the grill, or what do you throw on the grill as a feminist? Because you don't need your husband to fire up the barbecue for you. Um, not to fulfill gender stereotypes, but I should not touch fire. I'm very clumsy. Um, 
but I, as I'm long as go... you don't say salad for this, then you're, you're not, <laughs> no. Okay. I'm gonna go brats. That's a good Wisconsin. Oh, Whoa, yeah. that was unexpected and well done. <laughs> no, that was exactly what I expected and what I was hoping for. Brats are the jam. Are we talking yeah. about cheddar brats? Are are we eating cheddar brats out there? Oh, I love cheddar brats. <laughs> This is awesome. Well done. Well done. I love people from the Midwest. See, I went to college yeah. in the Midwest and it's like, they're my people. Yeah. People out good. here. Yeah. In California, we're not, if you go to someone's barbecue, brats are not getting on the grill. It's like, you know, a kale kebab or something like that. Out here, Artichoke so. hearts. <laughs> and you leave still hungry. Avocado toast. <laughs> and stop avocado at Chick-fil-A on your way home. Lots of avocado toast. <laughs> Which Claire hates. I was scrolling through your tweets, Claire. I saw you hate avocado toast. It's very controversial. I don't want those two things mixed together. It's not well, okay. Well, I guess, do you own a home, Claire? No, I don't. So, boom, Oh, well, I then you're totally busting millennial stereotypes here. <laughs> no home and no avocado toast. <laughs> yeah. It's just mushy. I've never had avocado toast in full disclosure, nor heard of it really ever. But if it's just guacamole on toast, I can't imagine that I wouldn't like it. I think, honestly, Tommy, it's just a half of an avocado that's like squished up on top of the toast. It's yeah. not even like to guacamole. And it's level. like $12. <laughs> it's like at the Whole Foods prepared food counter or something. You walk in, you're like, bring me my avocado toast. No, it's probably yeah. at, at like drunch when all these millennials got for drunching and they... <laughs> Uh, yeah mimosas yeah. and avocado toast yeah now careful sarah saying all these millennials you're younger than me right oh, yeah I, i'm a firm millennial i'm, I'm like two right years it. over the i'm like an old millennial like i'm, I'm still definitely within in, i'm barely in it and it makes me oh, 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 oh. <laughs> i embrace it i embrace <laughs> it but claire's a full millennial she just said yeah That's That's okay. some... <laughs> no no compassion for me i'm compassionless today <laughs> <laughs> Sarah, um, you're up. You're up. Okay, so you live in Wisconsin, which has like more beer than almost any other uh, state except for Colorado and uh, North Carolina. So, what's your favorite Ooh. Wisconsin beer? Um, oh, that's a tough one. I really like um, New Glarus, who makes a spotted cow. They also make apple ale, which yes. is really good. It's so good. I love New Glarus. They're one of my favorites, and they don't distribute outside of Wisconsin, and the rest of the country is missing out so bad. I always bring people it when I go places because it is so good, and people can't have it. I like their naked beer. That's one of my favorites. I haven't had that one. Oh, on it's that. so nice. So it's just... A- they call it naked. Don't okay, creepers. Like yeah, no, it's just it's just a basic ale, and and so it's just uh, how beer was meant to be, and it it's very lovely. I'll try it out. Yeah, totally. Claire, Francis, Benedict, or JP two. Oh, oh, that's what was so that? Oh, is that a bad question? <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's just it's like hard. unfair question. Unfair. <laughs> this is the hot seat, baby. Okay, I'm, you don't like it. Flag get on the play. Flag on the play. <laughs> Obviously, I love all popes, but I've got to go JP two because of that letter on the dignity of women, and because my husband's from Poland, and the, he just like loves JP two. So he's kind of got me on the JP two kick. So I'm gonna go JP. Go. Yeah, I'm always. I'm, I always find myself like wishing that I could have been alive during like more of the beginning of his pontificate because sort of, I mean, he was not old by the time that I can remember him, but like he was getting older and it's kind of the end is when I remember him. And I just wish I could have been there to see the world's reaction to him yeah. early on. Cause like I see the reaction to Pope Francis and sometimes I'm baffled by it. And then I think about the things that JP two said and did. And, and I have to imagine it must've been similar um, yeah. But I wasn't alive in the 70s, so I don't know. No, yeah, that, that'd that be cool. <laughs> if you could travel back in time. <laughs> yeah, if oh, you could build a time If you could travel back in time, what decade? That's where I'd go. Visit? Yeah. That's... <gasps> oh, gosh. That's another hard one. I have never even thought about this. I like the time now. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I wouldn't even go that far back. This is I'd Claire. Go to, like, Claire gets 90s. a time machine and she's like, eh, I think I'll just hang out here. It's yeah. all good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Like, I'm pretty content with my life right now. That is a true millennial answer to a time travel question, (laughs) for sure. Well, I keep thinking of decades and being like, oh, that would be kind of cool. And then I think of, like, bad things that happened then that I, like, wouldn't want to be around for. Like, like, the 60s sounds awesome. Oh, Vietnam. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah, exactly. Or I'm like, oh, the Roaring Twenties. Oh, the Great Depression. And no alcohol. (laughs) Like, those aren't good things. But flappers. Flappers are good. 
maybe like the early 1900s when all of the women's suffrage movement was going on. I feel like I would have been all into that. I feel like Susan B. Anthony and I would have like led some marches together. So maybe there's that. a bold. I love it. I love it. That's <laughs> fantastic. Um, Sarah, uh, Claire, what's your favorite board game? I was going to say, Sarah, I need, I'm out of questions, oh, but then okay. I just thought about board games. Claire, come on, give me <laughs> yeah. a favorite board game. We people are, a, know. we are a really nerdy, um, Settlers of Catan family. We get super into that game. Have you guys played that? I've heard and not played. No, I'm, I, it's like, I have three kids. We're playing like, sorry. Oh and... yeah. Oh, well my siblings and I, we're all in our twenties and we get so into Disney. Sorry. It's not even, it's like bad, <laughs> Wait, like swear what? words. Are we like yeah. flipping boards over and stuff? Yeah. Like... <laughs> oh yeah. Like my oldest brother is 30. Like, so we're all like, you know, old and we Child. like love Disney. Sorry. <laughs> There's, <laughs> I didn't old. realize Disney made like a sorry oh i have no idea yeah we're all always the same people i'm always the princesses so i'm like cinderella and snow white and whoever and then like my other brother's the villains we get like super super into it it gets very dramatic there's been arguments i think there's been bloodshed it's serious. <laughs> that's hilarious no one says sorry when they pull the card they're just no not. absolutely <laughs> not <laughs> defying the midwest manners that we all think exist <laughs> no they go away so um i one of my co-work my new co-workers is from wisconsin and we were chatting this week do you eat seafood in wisconsin or do you not eat seafood in oh, wisconsin i don't some people do i well obviously i do if it's like lake fish because we have a million like lakes yeah. um so i'll eat like you know. <laughs> everyone from minnesota is angrily typing did she say wisconsin <laughs> has a million lakes <laughs> Oh my god shut up minnesota the worst state um there it is every podcast every podcast we push a group aside there it was everyone from minnesota (laughs) bye minnesotans um (laughs) the ocean i (laughs) so lake seafood okay yeah okay that's what we're talking about. All right. I'm out of questions. Let's <laughs> let her off the Catholic hipster hot seat. She did good. Wow. Yeah, huh? That she was, was like, great. Well done, Claire. You're, You're in our Hall of Fame. Fame. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Probably for the Chatter Brats. I think that won me this Oh, yeah. Chatter Brats. <laughs> and then like when you insulted the entire state of Minnesota, that's when you really won me over. <laughs> <laughs> I stand now, by. Now, hey, now, come on. <laughs> hey, come on. listen, it's always fun to hate on another state. Mine just happens to be like Mississippi or Alabama, or honestly, people who are Georgia fans. And we just lost everybody in the state of Georgia. <laughs> but I've lived here my Claire, whole life. So, Claire, before we start going through the list of the 50 <laughs> states and why we don't like any of them, because I know eventually Sarah's going to get to California and that's just going to hurt my feelings and break my heart. Uh, Claire, yes. <laughs> no, where, I would where just should people skip. find you? Where should people find you? Where should we look up what you're doing? How can we listen to the Catholic Feminist Podcast? Claire. Oh, God, I thought you were gone. I was like, no, this is the moment, Claire. Where are you going? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, go. Oh, she's... She is gone. Hello? There, there you are. There you are. Hello? Come back. Oh, sorry. Come the back. internet went out. Something happened for me. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what happened. The Wisconsin internet. Everyone in Minnesota is like, see, we still have our Wi-Fi connected. Yeah, that's Someone right. from Minnesota just hacked over here. Um, <laughs> yeah, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or at thecatholicfeministpodcast.com. Cool. Right on. And, yeah. and uh, how about Twitter? We do a lot of tweeting. What should people look at? Oh, gosh. You can follow me at Claire Swinarski, but I mostly tweet about, like, Star Wars and the news. I don't – I'm not a big Catholic Twitter person. They kind of scare me. We're going to drag you in. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds good. This is what's going to pull you in because we're going to be tweeting about how we're talking about Jesus being a feminist, and we're going to tag you in it, and it's just going to light Catholic Twitter on fire, I hope. All right. I can handle it. Just mute. Just mute it. (laughs) Just block Tommy and then you get none of it. Yeah. Yeah. I would consider blocking me. I think that's a pretty good idea. Um, Claire, thanks so much for joining us. It was fantastic. Um, It was so great to have you on. Yeah, it was great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was great to talk to you. Enjoy the weather in Wisconsin and your one million lakes. Thank you. I will. (laughs) Take good care. Bye. Well, thank you so much, guys, for joining the latest 29th episode of the Catholic Hipster Podcast. Um, I really enjoyed talking to Claire. Um, and Tommy, thanks for arranging that. You played 
semi-producer today. What what a nice thing. It was good. Claire was cool. <laughs> I, I'm uh, I'm converted into a Catholic feminist just by listening to her. Are you gonna go light some bras on fire? <laughs> if I... <laughs> I've been I, waiting I all episode to, to make that joke. <laughs> been waiting. That's... Well done. Well done. Uh, uh, no, but uh, seriously, thanks guys for listening. Um, please leave us some reviews on iTunes. It really does help. Um, it's not a self-serving thing. It's you know we're trying to to get more people. Um, to also listen, I guess that's a little bit self-serving, but so I don't know, ignore me, but please leave a review as always. I will send you free stuff. Um, no one has taken me up on that yet. Tommy, what the heck? I don't know. I don't think people make it to the end of podcasts. I know I don't. (laughs) Okay. Well, we should tell people to fast forward to the end to find out how they can get free stuff. (laughs) That's true. That's true. Well, have a super great weekend, Tommy. Um, I'm Sarah Vabulous. You can find me at catholicdrinky.com um and not on gmail anymore so yay no oh, there you go and let's tweet our cheddar brats that's what we should do to oh, come together hashtag tweet, hashtag our tweet ch- your cheddar bro yeah i think that's a good one you could go to catholichipster.com if you're really bored go to twitter at the gh is silent and why not because sarah and i both contributed along with a big huge group of other cool people the catholic hipster handbook for pre-order at amazon and barnes and noble i have to ask go, go tommy you yeah. tweeted a picture just last night, is giant book. Is that going to be the size of the book? That is not. No, it's like a big oh. giant foam board that they sent me. But Dang, um, you're I... not alone in, in wondering if that was the actual Because I was like, oh, it's like a coloring book. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> I should have them print one gigantic one just for novelty's sake. Yeah, just for novelty's sake. So, yes, please, everybody, um, go buy the book. Uh, Tommy did an awesome job putting this book together with some really great people, and somehow I made the cut. So, um, Come on. (laughs) Hope you guys um, are all doing great. Thanks for listening, and uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks. Take care. Thank you for listening to Breadbox Media. Find more about us at breadboxmedia.com.